Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Today we are wrapping up our series on money called Let's Talk About Money. I know it's a real original title, but there it is. And we've looked at a number of things so far uh, this month already. Uh, We saw that money is always idle, and we can't let it become an idol too. Then we found out that if you want financial peace in your life, you need to follow God's structure, His way of doing things. And last week, Pastor Brad brought a message that said that trading temporary wealth or earthly wealth for eternal wealth is always a good trade. Well, today, we've got one more thing to talk about, and that's giving. Now, this is one of those subjects that we all really, I mean, when we talk about money, we all come with baggage, but the giving thing is something that always has a little extra tension with it. We look at our bills, we look at our finances, we look at everything that's going on, and we say, you know what, it's hard to pay my bills as is. You think about it and you go, I don't know how much I can be giving because I don't have a whole lot after I'm paying my bills. You look at the, the cost of gas, you look at the cost of getting to work, the cost of everything is increasing because of the cost of gas and because there's shortages, and you're like, well, I, I thought I had this much money to spend on what I needed to, and, and now that my money's not going as far, and so you look at it and you think, I don't know what I can give. You may be here and be thinking, oh, I go to church, and of course what they're doing is they're talking about money, and they started talking about how I can be happier with my money, but now they want my money. (laughs) You've seen the preachers on TV. Send me $100, and I'll send you a face cloth. But we come to this and we're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to make it with the money I have to pay the bills I have. And you're thinking about yourself and you're thinking about your family. I give what I can. I've already given. And I've given and given. And I've given enough. Why do, why do they always need more money? And to be honest, I'm the pastor here, I'm the preacher here. And sometimes I ask those same questions too. And honestly, I avoid preaching on this a lot Because I know many of you are already struggling, and I know that the church has this reputation about being hungry for your money. And I do not want to turn people away from the gospel of Christ because they think that I'm just here for your money. But I cannot deny 
what the Word of God says. And so as much as I'm slightly terrified to preach on this because I don't want to give the Gospel of Christ a bad name by doing this injustice, I cannot avoid what the Word says. And so we're going to dig. We're going to dig into the Word. I'm going to give you three passages today. And there's only one I want you to look up with me. You can see them. They'll be up on the screen. You can write down the passages for your notes later. But there's only one passage that I want us to look up in a few minutes. And that's in 1 Kings. 1 Kings. 1 Kings is in the Old Testament, chapter 17. And we'll be there in a couple minutes. But we're going to deal with two passages before that. The first passage is in Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. It says this, God is speaking through the prophet, and he says, Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you, God? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse. Your whole nation... Because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe, the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. In this passage, God says very clearly to the people of Israel, you guys are supposed to be giving. You're supposed to be giving offerings and tithing. And by not doing that, you are robbing God. And you are under a curse. You are being punished. You are not seeing growth. And you are not seeing your money go as far as it should. You're not seeing your crops and your job be as fruitful as it should because you are not giving. And if you were to just go ahead and be obedient the blessings would blow your mind. Passage in John, chapter 6. There's a famous passage about Jesus preaching to the people. And there's thousands of people there. And they're all out of food. And this is what it says in chapter 6, verse 9. Jesus asks and says, Feed the people. And the disciples say, well, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many people? Jesus said, have the people sit down. And there was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. And Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Here's a little boy who's got his lunch. Five little loaves of bread, two small fish. He gives the whole thing over. He doesn't say, let me have my lunch. He sees people that are hungry. 
He gives it to the disciples. They bring it to Jesus. And he feeds 5,000 with it. And not only does he feed 5,000, just the bare minimum. He doesn't just spread it out. There are 12 baskets of leftover pieces. They are sustained. No one got rich off of this. It wasn't like this boy gave his whole lunch and all of a sudden, Jesus comes back and gives him a million dollars. Oh, you gave to the church and so here's your magnificent blessing. You are set for life. That's not what happened. But God took that offering and he multiplied it to sustain and to provide so much so that there were leftovers. Do I think the little boy got the 12 baskets of leftovers and brought them home? Probably not, because... Probably not. But God was able to do so much with that offering. Far beyond what that little boy could have done or the disciples could have done on their own. Now we got one more passage to look at here. That's 1 Kings 17. And this is a passage that was brought to my attention last fall. And it, it, it really kind of shook me. And it's something we've got to wrestle with today. We know that God says you've got to be giving. We know that God can do incredibly more with what you give than what you can. Well, in 1 Kings chapter 17, we're in this situation where the prophet Elijah has declared there will not be rain in the land, and he is living by a brook, and the ravens are bringing him bread and meat, and he's drinking from the brook. Well, there's no rain, so the brook dries up, and he ends up going into town, and he meets a widow in there. And this is what it says in, in verse 10. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called, she, he called to her and asked, Would you bring me some water in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, Oh, and bring me a piece of bread too, will ya? And she replied, As surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in my jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm actually gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. I don't have anything to feed you with. This is our last meal. Our last bite. We've got nothing. So Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. I'll find somebody else to to get food from. It would have been the Christian thing to do, wouldn't it? He says, go home, do as as you have said, but first, make a small loaf of bread for me. 
from what you have and bring it to me. Did he not hear her? He, they have enough so that her and her son can have a very small meal before they die of starvation. And he says, don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. Go make your bread. But first, before you eat your final meal, feed me. Feed me first. And sometimes, often, I've read this story, I don't know how many times, but I read that and I don't stop, I don't get it because I keep reading, I know the rest of the story that happens in, in a span of 15 seconds for me. But this woman has been thinking about all day how her son and her are going to starve to death, and this man strolls in and says, but you need to feed me before you have your last meal. You know a crazy thing? She doesn't. The rest of the passage says, And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. If there was a person ever who understood the feeling of desperation, of not having enough to give. I think it was this woman. And it wasn't just this woman by herself, it was this woman with her son. Elijah was asking her to risk the last meal for her son, for him. That seems awful greedy and selfish, doesn't it? Except Elijah understood the mission, that the mission was bigger, and he understood the provision that God can provide unlike anybody else. He understood the command. And what we need to face today is this. God does not want your leftovers. God does not want your leftovers. You make the loaf of bread for Him first. And then we get the leftovers. And the leftovers are somehow far better than the first course we could have made on our own. 
And again, I'm not saying that if you give God the first, that you're somehow going to be rich and you're going to have luxury and all of a sudden you go from living in a shack to owning a 75-foot yacht because you gave. It's not what this is about. I don't see that in, in the Word. But I see very clearly, and you can find it in other passages, that God has no desire for you to give to Him out of what is left over. He wants what the Bible calls your first fruits. The first and the best. The whole measure of what He is asking for. Now, you guys all know, you guys have one of those cooks in your life where you try to make something, you've got the best ingredients, you try to make it, and it turns out, meh. And then you've got that cook that somehow they take the same ingredients, they make this incredible, crazy, wonderful meal, and then you take the leftovers, and their leftovers are better than what you tried to make. You have one of those cooks in your life, do you not? Nobody? I've got six of them. Give us one. <laughs> Give you one? <laughs> Heidi's mine. Uh, you... That's what God does. He is able to provide. Take five small loaves and two fish and feed thousands. He's able to open the storehouses of heaven and provide. But He demands that you give. He commands to be given the first. And He is not interested in your leftovers. I don't have a right to stand here and tell you all this. This is not me as a pastor saying, listen, the church is in hard, a hard situation and we need your money to pay and you know what? Uh, the church needs your first. And if you guys starve to death because of that, too bad. This is not me asking for your money to pay my salary. That is not what this is about. That is not what I'm asking. That's not what I'm telling you. This is between you and God. And He is saying very clearly today that He does not want your leftovers. And you've got to figure this out. You've got to be in the Word. You've got to develop your, your habit of prayer to be able to hear God speak to you. And you've got to know what it is He is calling you to give in your life. I can't stand up here and tell you what it is He's calling you to give and how much He's calling you to give and when He's calling you to give it. You've got to develop that relationship with God to hear what He is calling you to say, to do, to give. That's between you and Him. But when he tells you, you've got to do it. And do it first. And give the whole measure of what he's asking. 
We've got to be people who are in the habit of giving. That we need to be tithing. I take 10% of what I make and I give that right to the church. And then we, we get child tax benefit for our boys and I take a lump of that and I give that towards a compassion child and I give a lump of that towards um, missionaries that we know and I give a chunk of that to, to an, another missionary because that's what God has led us to do with our money. That isn't what you've got to do, but that is what He has led us to do and I can't deny it and I have to do it. I'm in the habit of that and that is what he has spoken to me. And there is a risk, and it is costly. But I don't miss it, and I haven't needed it. God wants to free you from the power that money has over you. He wants you to be effective. He wants to give you freedom from the strongholds of the enemy in your life. He wants to use you to advance His kingdom. He wants to provide for you and make your life more fruitful than you could on your own. And he wants you to trust him. And that trust, that trust will blow your mind. But you've got to be obedient. This, wi- this widow, because she was obedient, her needs were met, they were provided for. And even when things still went south, God continued to provide for her. And we see that over and over and over again. That God provides for His people. And it's not about making your life luxurious. It's about advancing the mission, meeting your needs and filling you with peace and joy and trust, not anxiety and fear and greed or covetous, but removing the power of sin, removing that darkness, and filling your life with fullness. That's what He wants for you. But the path that leads to that is by you understanding that God doesn't want your leftovers. He wants to give you His leftovers which are way better than your main course. But you've got to sort that out between you and God and know what it is He's calling you to. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Mm-hmm.